welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We were the first, so we get to be the flagship. Sorry, guys. All your other podcasts are probably better than ours, but we're first. We get to be the flagship. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. So as we turn the corner from the cold, dreary winter into the warmer days of spring, a new season of fantasy baseball begins at DynastySportsEmpire.com. DynastySportsEmpire.com offers you a unique fantasy baseball experience for owners young and old and abilities of all levels. So what makes DSE unique? For starters, you can draft high school and international baseball phenoms as young as 16, retain ownership of your favorite players for their entire baseball career, and build a cash cow contender that would make any front office envious for years to come. Check out all the fantasy baseball formats over at DynastySportsEmpire.com today or tweet them at DSE Fantasy. That's DSE Fantasy on Twitter or online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. My name is Jeff Roman. I'm your host. I'm joined by tonight and every night, Tim Reinhardt, CPD. Welcome, Tim. CPD. All right. You keep throwing these titles at me and I I don't know what those abbreviations stand for. So, so this one is is one that I actually gonna gonna alley up to myself. So okay. this is a uh, uh, certified in plumbing design, and uh, because just uh, recently I had a bit of a, a plumbing mishap around the house. Um, as as we know, as you probably know, I don't know if our listeners know, I'm not super handy around the house. You okay. know, I can I can uh, hang a picture, hang hang something up on the wall, hang a shelf, something like that. That's but, an important skill, though. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. don't sell yourself short yeah. there. You got to you got to yeah. be able to do that. And I can put together a mean IKEA piece of furniture in no time flat. Yeah, you know how I mean, to work an yeah. Allen wrench. I'll yeah. I'll say that. Oh yeah. Absolutely, you know. I I put together the IKEA furniture that's like, oh, at this point you should have two people. So I just put one side up on my back and reach around <laughs> the other side. So I can do that. I, I I can do that, but you know, that's a key skill in the the year 2020 IKEA furniture. Um but so I had a bit of a plumbing mishap because I was taking a shower uh, before the kids woke up, trying to do this all quietly, not wake up the kids. Uh, and then I go to turn off the water and the water doesn't turn off and just goes extremely, extremely cold. Oh, no. Uh, so it was, first of all, scorchingly cold that like, yeah, you know, that's like, the worst. Just <laughs> scares you out of your skin cold. And then secondly, I'm like, uh, this is not good, right? <laughs> this water should be turning off. Right. So when you turn uh, the faucet off, usually you like it to turn off. Yeah. Usually off means off, but in right. this case, you know, uh, didn't quite get the message. So I now, was hold like, on real quick. Did, yeah. At any point, did you think like that you accidentally like twisted the knob the wrong way? Or like, did you ever think this was an operator's error or were you immediately like, uh oh, something's wrong? Well, I, I absolutely thought it, it could have been operators. I mean, I I started spinning that thing any which way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, nothing, nothing was changing. So <laughs> I was like, okay, so now I have to figure out how to do this. Uh, I was like, okay, first first thing, it's probably just not turning some mechanism behind there. You know, it's probably just broken. I got to get a screwdriver in there and actually turn it to close it. Um, that was not the case. Okay. Um, so I had to go into my daughter's room, into her closet where the uh, where the back end of the shower is. Uh, uh, had to had to wake her up. Chaos all across the house. Yeah, that's, everybody's that's running around. Yeah, so total chaos. I'm trying to um, figure out how to turn off the water. Luckily, I can turn off the water right there. Um, 
behind the shower. Okay. Um, That's good. Yeah. Once I figured that out, that was good because I started unscrewing stuff (laughs) and then, and then I, water started coming out and I was like, wait a second. I don't think water is supposed to come out in there. And then I took a look at the plumbing design of, I learned a lot about how showers, uh, actually work. Um, so both lines come in to where the handle is and then the handle controls how much of that water goes, uh, either up or down to the shower or tub. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So it all comes through that one point. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know, a junction box kind of. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some fancy machinery back there that like turned. No, it's pretty simple. So, uh, I finally figured out how to turn off the water, uh, back there and, and could have a peaceful breakfast. Um, but, all, all I did, and this is very 20, 2020, because I wasn't really going to call a plumber because I didn't really want a plumber in the house during a pandemic. Um, I, I pulled all the pieces apart and I, and I, the giant piece in the middle that wasn't turning, like the, the part that was supposed to be the juncture box just wasn't turning. Yeah. Um, so I took a picture of it, Googled it, found out what the piece was, uh, found it on Amazon. And they delivered it by three o'clock in the afternoon. And I replaced it that afternoon. You did so. a you did a DIY. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did a DIY. Wow! DIY. So yeah. Look at you. You could get yeah. a little side hustle going. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I probably wouldn't because it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> we we had some problems, some different problems with water in our house before. One time in that actually same shower, uh, the where the water went down broke and it just poured into the, into the kitchen, like an absolute rainstorm into the kitchen. So I think, I think I kind of have PTSD from that. I'm like, if the water is staying in the pipes where it should, I'm like, not going to touch it. (laughs) Yeah. The problem is, is when it comes out of the pipes in places that you don't want it to, that I get a little bit, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's very nerve wracking. Water, water's great. I'm drinking water right now. Yeah, water is great. Like water's wonderful, Um, but water in places where it's not supposed to be is is not. Do you? I don't think. I think you had moved out by this point. But that apartment that we had um, in Alston, um, my bedroom for the last like month that we lived there, um, I actually ended up getting into a pretty like serious altercation back and forth with the management company. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. You had, uh, you got, yeah, you were, you were married already. Um, yeah, I think I moved out then yeah. and I moved out. So, um, no, like the, the top of, I don't know what you call like the window, the top of the window, not the window sill, like the opposite of that. Okay. I'm looking at my window right now to figure out what you'd call yeah. it. Yeah. But from there, the window, water, anytime it yeah. rained, water okay. would, I'm not talking like little drips of water. Right. I'm talking like a a faucet that's turned on. Whoa. Not like not like your shower was, but like a faucet that's turned on. Like not a right. lot, but like pretty consistent stream of water. And I remember like sleeping one night and it started raining and being like, what the, <laughs> what is going on? And so I ended up calling the management company and um I was really angry. So I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not paying rent, um, until, until this gets fixed. And I remember like the, that day I had a, um, a voicemail from the management company. that was like, we will get on top of this right away. And you know, they came over, they look at it. I'm assured that it's fixed. And then like two weeks later, it started, it started again on during another rainstorm. 
And I remember like calling the woman who was like our contact person there and being like, I, I cannot in good fit, like in good conscience pay rent when my, um, my, like my room is essentially filling up with water. And she was like, well, she like threatened me. Like, you know, if you don't pay rent, like we made a good faith effort to, to fix the the solution. And I was like, good faith effort. Like (laughs) it's not keeping my stuff dry. Um, and I ended up being the last time we were, we were living there and ended up moving out. Um, I think it was 2011. So I ended up, uh, we, uh, we were all like moving into different places anyway at that stage of life. But yeah, water, water in places where it's not supposed to be is, yeah. uh, that is not a good situation. Yeah. So, um, if you only had me, I would, I would yeah, fire up some, some, thanks for moving YouTube. out, like moving yeah, on with YouTube. your life and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, YouTube is undefeated because I, I also fixed our, uh, our dishwasher during the pandemic. Um, really? Like I just, yeah, I just Googled like dishwasher dripping and found a video about the most common fixes and found the piece, ordered it on Amazon again, got some other stuff off Amazon and, and fixed it. Um, the first time I fixed it, however, instead of leaking into our kitchen, it did leak into our basement. Uh, but then I fixed it for real this, the second time. So, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, Trial and error. Right? You initially just diverted the leak, um, <laughs> yes, and then exactly. and then fixed. Yeah, it. yeah it, uh, YouTube is a is a good place to go for uh, to go for stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it, any kind of fix that has had to happen has already happened on YouTube. Exactly, and and I watch and I you look in the video, you're like, oh, 10 minutes or less, I can definitely do this. Like if we're talking <laughs> fifteen. To thirty minutes, I'm definitely not doing this. You so know? the one time that something like that happened, I had a I had a headlight that was out, and I was like, "All right, you know, I don't need to take my car into the shop to get a headlight replaced." So I look up on YouTube how to replace a Honda Civic 2008 sure. headlight, and I I get to the first video, and it's like it's it's sizable. It's not like thirty minutes long, but it was sizable. And I watch it, and it's like. You need to go through the tire, remove those. Like, all right, do you, you said remove. This thing is going to the. This thing yeah. is going. And I had already like bought bought a um, a replacement light and everything at AutoZone, yeah. and I was like primed and ready to do it. And once it was like, you need to remove something. I was like, nope. All right, yeah. we're we're taking this in. Yeah. We're gonna let the experts do this. Last thing I need is to mess up my car on a YouTube video. <laughs> That's right. That's so. right. You have like the light kind of hanging out, like a yeah. Like a, oh. Your eyeball fell out, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, a tire falls off, you know, when you're driving on the highway. Like no one needs that. So yeah. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of tires falling off, um, our, <laughs> hey, we uh, didn't our, even plan that transition. Yeah, we didn't even <laughs> plan that transition. Uh, I wanted to talk about quickly uh, the the team in the NFL uh, before we have our guests today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about um, American League East preview um, with our guest um, as soon as they come on and uh, start our process of previewing um, all the divisions within Major League Baseball. Yes. Uh, fantasy wise, standing wise, batting wise, whatever we want. All of it wise. Uh, kind of, yeah, all of it wise. So um, before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little football. The news and rumors are just nonstop. Um, the team whose tire has fallen off, in my opinion, is uh, the Houston Texans. So uh, Deshaun Watson, we've talked about uh, quite a bit already. Um, but apparently this week he had a meeting with his head coach, his new head coach, um, and basically said, I'm not playing for the Texans. So 
Um, it's a it bold seems move, like, yeah, yeah, it seems like he's kind of taking the, uh, necessary, uh, steps to, uh, turn this into a full, uh, blown situation. Um, Tim, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, do you think he would really forego, what is he owed? 20, $25 million or whatever this yeah. year. Would he really forego that amount of money if, and, and not play? I think he might. I mean, it seems like he's serious at this point. Um, you know, what? what's another year of wear on his tires for a team that's not very good um, worth to him? You know? I, and I know he's a different player. I know he's a different stage of his career and he's a different position and all of that. I think if you're a player, though, the Le'Veon Bell situation really does have to have to concern you that this was a guy that was legitimately the best at his position and took his year off and came back and he's, you know, for a while, everyone thought it was Adam Gaze. I thought it was too. Uh, turns out he's just not there anymore. So right. I don't know. I, I, I worry about that for, you know, for Deshaun Watson, I guess. Um, but you know, this could also be a part of the posturing to, to get out of Dodge and, uh, and get to his preferred destination, wherever it is that he wants to go. So, um, I think there's still a lot of time for this to play out. Um, I don't foresee a circumstance where he's not playing the next football season. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I think eventually the Texans will probably start to figure it out. But, you know, each each news story that comes out is more and more headed down the line of Houston has totally completely biffed this up. Oh, um, man, they sure have. They, it, it's It's in their court to fix this because otherwise they are – uh, completely in trouble and a laughing stock and tires falling off left and right. So um, they might already be yeah. at the laughing stock stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. So we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And um, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of news and rumors every week for us to talk about this Deshaun Watson thing as it keeps going and going and going um, yep. each, each uh, pushing each other further towards the brink. So um, it, it should be um, popcorn style. Uh, news and rumors and, and drama going forward. So yeah. um, that we'll close that for the NFL for today. I believe we have our guest. Do we have Terry? Terry, can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. Loud and clear. Thanks for joining. Uh, Terry is the uh, one of the podcast hosts of the Bastards of Boston. Did I get that right? Bastards of Boston? Boston Bastards? Uh, the Bastards of Boston Baseball. That's correct. Okay, so uh, Terry, you are here today to uh, help us out with our AL East preview. Um, we'll talk a little Boston and all the other teams uh, amongst the AL East. Um, is there anything, Terry, you want to plug before we get going into that? Uh, well, I mean, you can find our Red Sox-centric uh, podcast, uh, The Bastards of Boston Baseball, on all the major apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically anywhere. And we do right now we're doing a show or two a week during the regular season. We do at least two or three. So. All right. Great. Cool. Are, you, are you, how, how hyped are you um, this year? Just speaking in generalities about, uh, about the Red Sox season. Uh, I'm super curious because we've seen four championship teams and a lot of them a lot of the rosters were different, even from 04 to 07. 
And this team is not built like any of those. And I'm not even sure we're really thinking World Series, but after missing the playoffs two years in a row, we want to at least, you know, show up to the dance. And I'm just hoping this roster is good enough to do it with the pieces that they acquired and some of the prospects that might come up and, and you know, play as rookies. So we'll see. So based on that, I mean, it seems like you're a little bit bullish on on the Red Sox because I, I, it's kind of I'm not really sure where what they're doing. Um, they're trading away players. Obviously, they trade away Mookie Betts or, or let him go in free agency. Um, you know, what do you what do you feel like they're doing? Are they kind of just sitting in the middle there? Well, they brought in a lot of players that are pretty versatile. You've got Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez. Both of them can play seven positions. You've got the existing core of Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez. Alex Verdugo uh, is here for his second year. So we're hoping the offense is, is balanced enough. My my biggest concerns right now are with the starting rotation. Eduardo Rodriguez hasn't pitched since 2019 because he had COVID and then a heart ailment kind of associated with COVID in some rare cases. And so he's recovered from that. Can Nathan Avaldi pitch 120 plus innings? He hasn't done that in a while. We're not sure what to make of Nick Pavetta, who we got in the Brandon Workman trade, but he has shown some promise. His velocity is up. Tanner Houck we're pretty excited about, but he's going to start the year in AAA. So if the rotation can be serviceable, I think we've got a shot to win 87 to 90 games. Wow. Okay. Wow. So that's, that's uh, a big one. I, I, I would not have, I wouldn't have. Uh, so what are the, what are the projections at for the Red Sox, uh, Jeff? I, I Pakota has them at seventy nine point seven wins, so like eighty wins. So, so Terry, do you think like what are we talking like a perfect world? Like how many things have to line? I mean, you you rattled off a few things there. Like uh, that sounds like a, a good amount of things might have to line up for the Red Sox in order, especially in this division, which I think is really tough, um, in order to win win say ninety games. Well, the scenario I just gave you is the stars being all aligned. Okay. <laughs> I, the Pakoda projections is about where I'm at, to, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so, all right. 78 is my number. But uh, if you're big on fan graphs, they have the team winning uh, 87 games. So it depends on which one we're going with. But based on what I've seen, I'm pretty pessimistic with the rotation. And I'd love to be wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who's, uh, who, who are you most excited, uh, about? I know, um, so I live up in Boston and have a lot of, a lot of friends that are, that are Red Sox fans. Um, and you know, who are you most excited about young player on that team that you're most excited about right now? At the moment, I'm really excited about Tanner Houck. He pitched three starts at the tail end of last season, 
Uh, gave up only two runs in the 17 innings he did pitch. Has a nasty slider, a serviceable curveball. He's going to start the year in AAA Worcester, though, to hopefully develop a, a third pitch. I guess if he if he kills it these next four weeks in spring training, there is a possibility he could make the opening day roster. But I expect by late spring he's going to be up on the roster and – I think he could be the talk of the division if if things go well and and maybe that's part of of what could happen to get the Red Sox into the playoffs but definitely the player I'm most excited about. I'm not sure if Jeter Downs, he's our number 1 prospect. I think he's only played as high as double A and that is where he's going to begin the year. So maybe he could be a late season call up, but has a lot of power. He's a middle infielder. We're not super strong at second base right now. So if we're competitive, he he could certainly be a guy that shows up late and is a force. Okay. Um, Who, who in the division are you most concerned about um, of, of the other four teams? Who, who are you most concerned about? Well, that's the funny thing about the division right now. Every team has flaws right now, and, and it's mostly within their rotations. If I had to pick a division winner right now, I would basically be picking the Yankees by default. They have Garrett Cole. They've got a pretty robust lineup if – if they can stay healthy, they've always had a pretty good bullpen. So, but at the same time, Corey Kluber hasn't pitched a full season essentially since 2018, coming off a pretty serious shoulder injury. I don't expect a ton out of him. They clearly expect a lot out of him. Jamison Tyon, I don't know if that ballpark will play. Uh, you know, very well towards his pitching style. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's He comes from Pittsburgh, never pitched in a big market. And then they have bottom of the rotation depth, like guys like uh, Domingo Herman and, and uh, Chad Green and so on and so forth. So are they the best team? Probably. Toronto made uh, some some good moves in the offseason for their lineup, but I'm not crazy about their rotation. They they have Ryu, uh, you know, who was with the Dodgers, had a very good 2019. They have that Peterson kid who throws like 102, 103. But their rotation definitely leaves a lot to be desired. So that's kind of the interesting thing. And it, and it kind of gives me as a Red Sox fan a little bit of optimism. Maybe if we can be firing on all cylinders, we'll maybe exceed expectations. Because I can see any one of these teams having a bad year. And you look at Tampa, they traded away Blake Snell and then chose not to bring back Charlie Morton. So... Yeah, the that that rotation's also uh, seen, I guess, a bit of an overhaul. Uh, they did go ahead and grab uh, our boy Jeff uh, Michael Waka from uh, yeah. from our days, older days with the well, not I mean we're still with the Cardinals, but uh, he hasn't. Uh, I remember uh, when when the Cardinals played the Red Sox in 2013 in the World Series, Michael Waka was 
untouchable. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we were all super excited about him. He's kind of sort of flamed out um, as a, as a pitcher and a prospect. So. Yeah. And, and looking at, you know, I was actually quite surprised looking at the depth chart, um, both for the Yankees and for all the teams in the AL East. I think the pitching is extremely, extremely thin uh, for all of the starting rotations. These, I think these interdivisional battles are going to be a lot of a lot of runs, um, and that's probably Boston's route into it is just kind of pounding the baseball around, and and a couple of uh, you know guys don't perform and guys get injured on other teams. Uh, I I think there's certainly a path there. Uh, Yankees look stacked, but they're yeah as you said their their rotation is still uh, quite questionable. And I think um, to to the point of you know uh, to Terry's point like. They, they have Garrett Cole after that. There's, I mean, I think, um, Corey Kluber, they, they have the lefty Jordan Montgomery that I think, uh, I, I like him personally. I think he'll be pretty good. They, they, I guess they do have, uh, like Terry said, Chad Green that isn't that like, I don't know what you want to call him, but like that sort of flex position where he'll come in and pitch, you know, two innings in relief, but he could also come in and start a game. And I've always tried to grab that guy in um in fantasy because he's he's a an absolute stud on the strikeout to walk ratio and all those all those ratio stats um but yeah i think you're right that there are a lot of question marks in in these rotations so the yankees have cole um tampa bay um they've got glass now and and rich hill and chris archer uh ryan yarborough hadn't put together a real nice uh pandemic shortened season um, can he do that again? I hope so. Cause I'm going to keep him in our fantasy league. Yeah, um, big fan of Yarborough. I yeah. Like so, uh, the, and Toronto's got, um, you know, they made the big splashy sign in Springer. They've got the, some of these young, uh, these young guys, they, they make the trade for Steven Matz, who has never really been able to put it together. Can he do it? Yeah. So I think, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of question mark. It should be a fun division to watch because they, they all could be, uh, very good teams. Nobody's going to flirt with 100 wins this year. I'm pretty confident of that. One thing to look out for with the Blue Jays, though, Jake Odorizzi is still out there, and he's a nice middle-of-the-rotation piece that could give them a lot of stability. And I hope he doesn't end up there. Almost any team could use him, but who's willing to pay the three years, $45 million overall to, to bring him in? Yeah, that's uh, well, it's it's not my money, but the, the Cardinals should should get him. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind them uh, yeah. them paying that amount for him. Nope, not at all. So just uh, I just wanted to you know kind of go through uh, the, the the projections for for each of these. So uh, obviously, Pakoda has Boston at seventy nine. Terry's maybe a little bit more bullish than that. Um, Pakoda actually has the Yankees at ninety nine wins, which which I I have a that hard time believing high. that. They're gonna, yeah, it's very, very high. I don't think they're going to get that high, um, especially with all these interdivisional kind of slugfests that they have going on. Um, Tampa Bay is projected for 86 wins. Uh, the Blue Jays, 84, and the Orioles, 65. We didn't really touch on the Orioles, Terry. Obviously, they're no threat to the division or to anybody this year. Um, is there anything that you're looking out uh, for, for playing against them or, or looking forward to beating up on them? Um uh, this year. Honestly, I haven't really dove into their roster. I know they kind of exceeded expectations last year offensively. So 
if they can find some pitching or I don't know if anybody's ready to be called up yet, maybe they can kind of be a thorn in someone's side. I know they did get uh, Trey Mancini back who had a bit of a cancer battle last year, missed the whole season. So he's certainly going to be a power bat in the middle of their lineup that we'll all have to contend with again. But um, I, I would be shocked if, if Baltimore wins more than 65 games, they, they didn't, they didn't add anybody, you know, in the, in the winter. So I, I don't think there's any reason to believe they're, they're going to be any better than that. Well, well, they brought in Felix Hernandez. So he's currently <laughs> sl- slotted as their fifth. Yeah. Starter. Uh, True. I, uh, all right. Maybe they win 70. <laughs> so I, I think that those those Pakoda uh, where where I is I may not agree with the exact numbers. I, I do think that those that if I had to peg the division in how it would finish, I think I would probably go with that order. Yankees toss up between Tampa Bay and Blue Jays for second and third, um, and Boston fourth. Orioles Orioles in la- bringing up the basement there. That I hate to agree with it, but that sounds very rational. So looking at this, um, you know, this Yankee lineup, um, this, uh, what do you, what do you think in terms of, uh, maybe we're going to go a little bit outside the, the AL East here. Um, is it the best lineup in, in the American league? It could be. If everybody's healthy, then yes, absolutely. I mean, you, you've got, Aaron Judge, they brought back DJ LeMahieu on a five-year deal. Giancarlo Stanton in a in a sixty-game season last year didn't get hurt, so I think yep. I think absolutely they have the potential to possibly be the best American League team. You do have the White Sox who made a lot of interesting moves over the winter. They really. Uh, solidified their rotation by bringing in uh, a guy like Lance Lynn. I think they brought in one other pitcher, uh, name escapes me, but that's a very uh, balanced lineup. I don't know how the Tony La Russa thing is going to work, but you know he's 76 years old. The Astros did okay last season with Dusty Baker, and they got pretty deep into the playoffs. Um Brian Snitker and another older guy, he's with the with the Braves, just got an extension through the 2023 season. So if he can find a way to connect with that Chicago team, maybe this is their year to to go to a World Series. And they're never gonna have a better opportunity than this. So um, you know, based on how weak the American League is. Yeah, I, I I think you make a you make a good point there. Um, uh, with with Chicago, I I don't think that anybody out in the West is necessarily uh, gonna compete to have uh, a better a better lineup than than New York will. I mean, it, when you get past you know like looking even looking at like the Red Sox, you know the Red Sox top four. You know if you're if you're projecting it to be Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, uh, JD Martinez, that's a pretty pretty solid top half of the lineup, you know, and then you look at the Yankees and they go LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Voigt, uh, Glaber Torres. Um, and then, 
you know, Clint Frazier, who may put it together. Gary Sanchez could could strike out 700 times, but he could also hit 40 home runs. Um, it's a it's a pretty pretty stacked lineup that that they've been able to put together there. I know Jeff. Uh, um, what's your take on on uh, that Luke Voigt situation now that uh, he's turned into an absolute monster? Well, I'm a, I'm a big Luke Voigt fan. He's uh you know there's there's a picture of him when he was a farmhand with the Cardinals, holding a giant knife in his hands and making it look like a looking like a Swiss Swiss Army knife. So yeah. I've always always had a uh, uh, spot in my heart for Luke Voigt. Also, uh, Gio Urshela is one of my fantasy baseball uh, kind of crushes. So I always try to grab him to play third base for me. Um, you know, he's he's near the end of that lineup, but he is amongst uh, all nine uh, starting players who are projected for over 20 home runs. So their whole lineup is projected for 20 home runs or it's, more. It's insane. Yeah. One through nine. So um, obviously they play in a park that is uh, facilitates home runs quite a bit, um, especially down the left field line there. Um, but it, it, the it's just bonkers. I, I don't even really know what to say about it. Just looking at those numbers. Can, can I say something, though? I think Brian Cashman is Absolutely. one of the worst GMs in, in baseball right now. The way he saddles his team down with those high payrolls and then they have to bring in the Klubers and the tie-ons of the of the world. I He's a 1990s, early 2000s GM, and we just went through that with Dave Dombrowski in Boston. Very same mindset. And You've got a guy like Gary Sanchez who easily could have been non-tendered and they would have freed up about $7 million, but instead they decide to keep him and then give Adam Ottavino to the Red Sox. And oh, by the way, a, a fairly decent prospect as well. And now our bullpen is that much better. That's the one part of the Red Sox team I, I am fairly excited about is the bullpen. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> they could have just got well, rid of I, Sanchez and kept Ottavino. Well, what, what, who'd they get back for Ottavino? Uh, I think just cash considerations. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never. I mean, Ottavino is is a pretty nasty guy. I, I, outs, He's, I think, though, the fourth best reliever in in that bullpen. Well, he's yeah behind. I know Britton and Chapman. Who else would you put ahead of Ottavino? Chad Green. Oh, Green. Yeah, Green. he's more of a long yeah. relief guy, but but definitely has a lot of value. Yeah, so I I think and then they I think they ended up going out and signing Darren O'Day, which maybe they thought would be, uh, excuse the term, I guess a poor man's version of of Adam Ottavino, be able to do what Adam Ottavino did. Um, you know, for, I actually don't know what their salary figures are, but I imagine he's not getting paid as much as Adovino. No, he's just getting, I think, a couple million dollars. I mean, he's 37, yeah. 38 years old, I believe. Has that funky submarine style, which can be extremely disruptive, you know, to the rhythm of the opposing team. So I, it could be one of those sneaky good signings, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't amount to anything. And I think they did get Justin Wilson uh, within the last several days, so he he could actually be a nice piece as well. But but to give 
a guy like Ottavino, a nasty slider, just to give him to the Red Sox essentially for free, I just thought was a little surprising. But yeah, I mean, I think Cashman Cashman has the uh, cash, um, so to speak, that he can kind of paper over any problems, right? They can sign the best players uh, when they're 16 years old because they have, they splash the most cash around the um, around the Caribbean. And also they have the advantage of players like Giancarlo Stanton wanting to play there and making it. So, uh, the Miami Marlins have to accept whatever offer the Yankees, uh, feel like giving. So they they have kind of that, that two sides of the coin that give them tremendous advantage, right? He's probably good at what he does, but I think whatever mistake he makes, he can just buy another guy to solve the problem or, uh, somebody else will want to come there in free agency or make a lopsided trade just to get there. So those things make him look probably better than uh, than his actual skill and abilities. Well, I mean, they had uh, it's it's hard to figure out what the adjusted payroll was for a sixty game season, but had the twenty twenty season been a normal full season. They would have been up around two hundred and seventy million with the the previous luxury tax penalties, and then they they got beat in the playoffs by a a payroll that was sixty million for Tampa. So I mean, I just think that was a little embarrassing uh, for for Cashman. I, I think he was probably embarrassed by that and. Granted, that was a very talented team, and, and Tampa has a brilliant front office, and the, so you got to give them credit for getting as far as Game Six of the World Series. But um, I just feel like you look at all the great GMs right now: Friedman, Alex Anthopoulos, who I think's easily the number two GM in baseball. I think Bloom, once they get the dead money off the books will build a juggernaut in Boston. And there, there's just so many across the league. I think the Brewers do a good job, you know, being extremely limited as they are. And yeah, so I, I just, if he's ever out of a job, I, I would want my team to stay as far away from him as possible. Yeah, you're right. You're right about the Dombrowski uh, that that you, you got the, you know, the Red Sox ended up getting the ring. Um, but I think, like you said, have kind of paid for it the last couple of seasons and, and may may even do so this year. Yeah. And I, look at Detroit. He he got fired. From, he got Same fired thing. from that team in 2015 and they still haven't dug their way out of that. This is going to be their sixth or seventh season in a row. Well, I shouldn't say the 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 AL is so shallow right now. I mean, who's to say they don't win their division if the White Sox have a bad year? But eventually, their their prospects are going to start getting called up. But they haven't had a winning record since uh, twenty fourteen, so it's taken them that long to clean up his mess. Yeah. And, and speaking of cash, I guess one one angle I kind of wanted to play play at with uh, with Boston is I, I'm a fan of uh, Liverpool Football Club, who's obviously owned by the same uh, conglomeration that owns uh, the Boston Red Sox. And 
this year, it seems kind of like they they took a hands-off approach, not investing any additional money in the uh, Liverpool squad. And I think they suffered for it. They needed a center back since, you know, week one of the season and they didn't didn't go for it. Um, do you feel like in Boston they're they're not um, investing in the squad this year, kind of taking a taking a gap year? Well, they had they have to stay under the luxury tax to uh, you know avoid the penalties and whatnot. But they're only a couple million under, so I, I think they did the best they could with the money available uh, to be as competitive as possible. Would I have gotten Garrett Richards as my key off season guy for the rotation? Definitely not. <laughs> Um, the guys pitched 76 innings in the last five years and only managed to stay in the rotation one of the two months with the Padres because he had control issues. So I don't agree with how they spent the money, but they did spend money. And you look at after this season, Dustin Pedroia's money is completely off the books. And then after the 2022 season, J.D. Martinez will come off. He's getting paid roughly 20 a year. And then the 16 million a year for David Price that we're still paying, by the way, my least favorite Red Sox player of all time. Um, of, of all, all time? time. Yeah. Of all the Red Sox players of all time. David yeah. Price. Who, who's one that you would think wow. I would hate? I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I, I guess I know that living up here and listening to the sports radio stations, he is one of the you know most reviled people in this town. I, I do know that, um, but you know, wow, of of all time, that's uh, I don't know. I'll see if I can think of somebody that by the end of the show that that might uh, rival. Yeah, that. I mean, I think Ellis Burks gets brought up. Um, some people didn't like Josh Beckett, John Lackey, but I absolutely couldn't stand David Price. He never he never took yeah. accountability. The whole Fortnite carpal tunnel thing was extremely weird. Um, <laughs> I forgot about right. that. I totally the Eckersley that. thing on the airplane was extremely yeah. cowardly. I mean, Eckersley couldn't defend himself in that environment, and he couldn't escape that environment. He had to be on that charter plane. Um, I just – and then he finally did shine in the postseason in, in 2018. But, um, but yeah, just – just a guy that doesn't doesn't take accountability, very polarizing, and and I I didn't like him. But but to answer your question, a lot of money comes off the books, and I think if not this coming winter, the following winter, you're going to see them finally start to go after some of those real big free agents. And like I said, I think we'll be a juggernaut again. All right. All right. On that note, Terry, is there anything else uh, you want to you want to plug? You want to talk about? You want to mention before we? Uh, I think I'm good. Again, you can find the bastards of Boston baseball on any you know major platform, and if you know if you want to hear what the Red Sox are up to, I think we're about as brutally honest as it gets. You know, as far as Red Sox podcasts go, so we got a good crew. There's there's five of us in all three of us on, on each show, but we have a rotation and, uh, our metrics are, are going through the roof. So we're, we're really excited to, uh, at least be better than we were in 2020. (laughs) 
All right. Well, well, Terry, obviously we appreciate you coming on and uh, just go ahead and uh, leave that tab open um, for a little bit and I'll go ahead and mute you so we won't uh, pick up anything that's going on. Thanks a a lot, Terry. Thanks, Terry. All right, buddy. So that uh, pretty much covers it for the AL East. Any, any other last thoughts on, uh, on our AL East preview? Yeah, I guess um, maybe, you know, uh, now that we've been talking about it a little bit, I guess if I had to, if I had to pick a sleeper, um, you know, even though there's, there's a lot of question marks, uh, maybe it would be, maybe, you know, things break one way or the other that Toronto slips through and, and, I could see them putting together, uh, you know, a, a pretty pretty wild season where they they go out and win the AL East. Um, I think it would be fun. Certainly, they you know they 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 have a lot of cool young players that, um, you know, and adding George Springer, uh, they could be a fun team to be in the mix. I, I I'd at least like to see them do well, so it makes the makes the season more enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, obviously, I spoke about. Uh, the New York's lineup. Um, but Toronto has a great lineup too. They have eight of their nine players are projected for 20 or more home runs. Uh, and their catcher only is projected for 15. Yeah. So just, he's a just a quick just, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Just slacking off there. So yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of games there. That'll be fun. It won't be over until it's over. It may be like, um, the old school, uh, back in 2005, uh, Yankees Red Sox games, which lasted five hours, six hours, because there's just so much hitting, so many guys getting on base. Um, you know, fall asleep on the couch and wake up, and game's still game's going still on. Still going so, on. Yeah, I yeah. don't know that I could do that anymore. But uh, <laughs> back I just remember, I did. Fun. I just remember we were at um, the poor house. Um, yes, and the game had go- was still going on when we were there, and had gone on for so long that the subway stopped running um, so that a bunch of people couldn't just couldn't get home because they stayed for the whole game and it just, it just kept going and going and the subways were closed. So, yeah. Uh, those, those, well, first I'm glad that you specified which, which time it was at the poor house because that, <laughs> that initial yeah. uh, categorization didn't, didn't break it down for me. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There were a number of, a number of those long slog games and, yeah, speed it up. Speed it. Swing, swing the bat, boys. Let's uh, yeah. let's yeah. put the ball in play. Yeah. yeah well, home home runs will keep it going uh, quickly. Um, be a lot of fun and exciting. I think um, definitely some some games to look at and and not count out the team that's down six runs or something in the, in the right. fifth or sixth inning um, and and put some money on them to take a uh, make a comeback. So that that that'll definitely be uh, a fun a fun uh, thing to take a look at. Um, is there Anything else before we get to the end? What are you uh, What are you keeping your eye on this week? Um, I am keeping my eye on, I guess, uh, you know, just a little spring training action. Um, not necessarily, uh, you know, watching any of the games because uh, they're they're mostly during the day. But it, it is fun to just have the chatter of baseball back. Um, and you know, I, I, somebody said it this morning on the radio as I was driving into work. Like, you know, last year at this point. Uh, we, we spring training was going on. We knew right. that coronavirus was a thing, but we weren't necessarily necessarily expecting everything to shut down in three weeks. Um, and so like, you know, you're starting to get that feel again, like, uh, uh, 
I think we all would like things to go back to normal and like a regular baseball season uh, for me would, would, you know, symbolize going a long way for that. Yep, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I will uh, steal that for my idea. So um, as always, you can find us on dynasty sports, slash podcast. Um, anywhere your podcasts are distributed, you can find us on uh, Twitter at DSE podcast or on Instagram at DSE the podcast. Um, so let's go ahead and keep your eyes glued to spring training because it is that time of the year um, and keep right. your ears glued to dynasty sports empire be podcast. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Yeah, you got it, man. Whew. All right. So what's up now with yeah. you the rest of the night? Uh, I got to do some dishes. I got to take out the trash. Got to clean the house. Is it insanely freezing in Philadelphia too? Because it was, it might have, you know, I know we're talking about baseball and the boys of summer, so to speak, but it was the coldest day of the year today. (laughs) Really? No, it it was, it was not bad. Not bad. A little sun, not a lot of wind. It wasn't too bad. Uh, High thirties. Not too bad. Oh man. We go on these mask breaks during the school day and like, it was just bitterly free. Like you go outside to the kids and everyone can take off their mask for a few minutes. Right. And it's just, it was bitterly cold and windy. It was awful. Yeah, you're like, I'll keep the mask on. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) just for the warmth. Like, (laughs) yeah.